Welcome to a food podcast. Your turn. That's right. Welcome to the Fruits Podcast. That's right. Welcome into the Fruits Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. And today we were supposed to have an interview, but uh, we had some schedule things happen and it got a little bit too late to do an interview. Had some things going on uh, today. Had a baby shower. Uh, So today I'm just going to kind of do a debrief of our last two episodes, and then next week we'll have a new topic, and hopefully we'll get a guest. Uh, I'll try to make the schedule a little bit better uh, so that we can have some other people's insights on the topics that we discuss. But let's pray, and then we will get into kind of our debrief of the last two episodes. Lord, thank you for this day, and thank you for everyone who's listening to the podcast. I pray that this would uh, bless them and Uh, that your word would shine through, Lord, and that uh, we would all get something out of it. I pray that you would just uh, be with me as I talk and uh, discuss things about your word and about the things I've said. Uh, Just let your Holy Spirit guide us uh, as we talk about these things, Lord. And we thank you for everything you've done for us uh, and for sending your Son for us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, So like I said, this will be kind of a debrief of our last two episodes. I'm also, if the time doesn't fill up, I'll probably uh, ramble a little bit. This is all unscripted here. Uh, My other two episodes have a script, an outline that I go off of. So this one's basically the questions I had for the person I was going to interview. I'll ask the questions. I'll kind of go over my answers uh, and maybe, maybe try to go over some answers for what someone who would be against my point would say. Uh, Like I said, uh, the interview would really take care of that a lot better. I'm going to try to get some people that disagree with my points. Uh, Some people that I'm lined up to interview, they they kind of agree but disagree at some points of it, uh, of different subjects we're going to go over, or they may totally disagree with me and we'll have a conversation about that. But, like I said, I will probably ramble a lot in this episode, but let me go to my questions I was going to ask. All right, so the first question, does God speak outside the Bible through divine revelation? So this was uh, my starting question uh, that I wanted to ask, and I, I just wanted to see if the person, number one, agreed, does God speak outside the Bible? So, whether that be through dreams, visions, uh, prophecy, direct, uh, audible communication, anything like that outside of the Bible, anything outside of the Bible, can God speak? It's going to be my question. I don't want to say what my person I was going to interview says, because I really don't know. Uh, But if someone asked me that question, I would say no. You know, I think... I outlined it pretty good in these last two episodes why I think God just speaks through the Bible uh, because that's kind of his one of his gifts to us, one of his common graces uh, is for us to have the Bible. And God went, you know, not went through, but he tells us a story about himself and gives us all the information we need about him. Therefore, we also uh, like the verse we read last week, 
says that we have everything we need mm -hmm. for life and godliness. So not only do we have all the information that we need right now here on earth about God, but we also have enough to live our lives uh, in a godly way to please God. So we don't really need that divine revelation. And that was kind of the, the first part of the first question I was going to ask. Uh, but the second part was through direct divine revelation. So that's more referring to uh, prophecy. And it's just through divine revelation. So it's kind of, it's, it's more of a leading question. Uh, I'm basically giving them, okay, here's, here's the question. Does God speak outside the Bible? But then through direct divine revelation is the real question, which is basically, does God give direct revelation to people? Uh, and I wanted to use more biblical terms, so divine revelation, of course, God, so divine, and the revelation would be the prophecy. Uh, or something that you hadn't known before, something that was revealed to you. Uh, and if something gets revealed to you, there's usually a reason behind why something's revealed to you, whether you I don't know, didn't know it, or you needed to know it, or didn't need to know it at a time, but now you need to know it, uh, is kind of the, the gist behind that question I was going to ask. And the second question, uh, is prophecy relevant for Christians today? So this question I like uh, because it kind of puts you on the spot. Do we, do we need prophecy is the question. Do Christians in today's culture, after the biblical revelation has ended, after the Bible is complete, uh, do we need prophecy? And uh, like I said, I know a couple prophets, and when I went to CFNI, uh, I knew a couple people who claimed to be prophets. I mean, all these people claim to be prophets, and usually the person uh, declares themselves to be a prophet, not other people. And usually they don't say, God told me I'm a prophet. It's usually, I'm a prophet. Well, why? Because I prophesy. Okay, well, who gave you that mantle of prophet? Uh, a lot of the times they're just calling themselves prophet. And if you call yourself a prophet and people uh, think prophets are, you know, a higher rank or we need to listen to prophets more than we listen to our pastors, then there's obviously some authority that comes with having the office of prophet. Uh, so is it relevant for today's culture? I personally would say no. Yet again, going back to, we have everything we need. We have all the revelation of God we need, and we have all the stuff we need to live life and godliness. It, it comes back to that verse a lot with me. And uh, if you can't exegete out of a passage and you have to jump all over the Bible to, you know, say, well, here's uh, a contradiction, well, then you're kind of discrediting the Bible, and we shouldn't argue out of it. Uh, because if that one passage is exegeted right, which is, we have everything we need for life and godliness, then there should be nothing else that contradicts it. Uh, I mean, I, I, I just, I struggle with the... Uh, coming up with what I think other people would say uh, because I I kind of have my thoughts on it and that's why I want interviewers because some people 
have different perspectives than me. Some people exegete uh, scripture different than me. Not saying that any of them are wrong. I very well could be wrong. Uh, but it, it's nice to hear other people's opinions on the matter uh, just to get other people who claim to be Christians' opinions. And that's not a shot at anyone. I'm not saying the people who believe in prophecy aren't Christians. Uh, I just don't want to label anyone a Christian who's not a Christian and has a word on prophecy. So the third question, what do you do with a prophetic word that is spoken to you? So like I said in Thessalonians, I, I test prophetic words that are spoken to me. Uh, of course, I usually have a bias of this person is not a prophet, but I will take their word and see what happens. Because if they really are a prophet, then, you know, I, I can test their words and they should be right. If they aren't really a prophet, I'll test their words and they're wrong. And every single time I've tested someone's word, if it's more than one prophecy, usually they get it wrong. Uh, like there was a bunch of people that were proven to be false prophets who claimed that Donald Trump was going to serve a second, second consecutive term. And he obviously hasn't. And... Now, some of those prophets and some other people are saying, well, uh, Joe Biden is uh, not really alive. He's dead and people wear people suits. I've, it's, it gets crazy whenever you start jumping in the rabbit hole of prophecy and people who claim to be prophets. Uh, that's a Justin Peters thing where someone talked to him about Joe Biden being dead and People are just wearing people suits of him. And usually it's Barack Obama is what they say. But I digress. What do you do with a prophetic word that is spoken to you? Me, I test it. Uh, like I said, I've had 100% accuracy of proving the prophet wrong at some point. And if you get one wrong, you aren't a prophet of God. I wouldn't claim that if I get something wrong. Because then not only are you bringing disgrace upon God's name, but you're also bringing disgrace upon your own name. And I think people who don't test a prophet or don't even test their older prophecies are doing themselves a disservice of just basically either believing it or saying, well, once this prophecy comes true, I'll believe it. And then I'll believe whatever prophecies they say after that. Of course, I've had a couple experiences with two different prophets that claim something about a baby's gender and they both got it wrong. And me, not being a prophet, guessed the opposite of the baby's gender, and I got it right. So I don't think it takes a prophet to know a baby's gender, and I don't think it matters. Uh, if God gives you a boy, you have a boy. If God gives you a girl, you have a girl. You can have hopes and dreams of having a certain sex, and, you know, I, I've wanted a, I wanted a boy first, and God blessed me with a boy, and I wanted a girl after that, and boom, I got a girl, and now I have another girl. So it's, you know, I can see where people are coming from, but we need to, on a lot of these prophecies, not just that one, uh, but just any prophecy, we really need to see where the heart of wanting to know these things come from. Is it a prideful will that I want to know this thing for myself, or is it a well, I just want to know what God wants. Well, you know, God already knows what the gender of your baby is going to be. He knits the baby together in your in the mother's womb. 
He knew you before you even creation was created. Like, God knows what kind of baby you're going to have. So, God doesn't need the prophecy for himself. He already knows. And we don't really need it because it's not, it shouldn't change our lives. And it, you know, in the long scheme of things, it's not really that relevant. Even if you know what type of baby you're going to have, it's, you know, in the long scheme of things, it, it doesn't really matter. You hopefully love them the same and, uh, you know, treat them the same as if you had the opposite gender. I'm not, I'm not trying, I am talking about somebody, but I'm not, I'm not, uh, how do you say that? I'm not, I'm not the most eloquent person ever. I, I'm, you aren't, anyways, I forget my train of thought. Uh, I kind of, not saying I am Paul, but I remind myself of Paul when he says he's not, he didn't speak to you in eloquent, eloquentness, but instead he just spoke to you about Jesus Christ and him crucified and hopefully one day I can just get to that level but you know not not a saying I ever will but I'm not the most eloquent speaker and that's why I usually have a, a outline or a script that I can read off of because I can get all my thoughts down beforehand okay so yes I test prophecy <laughs> is the answer the long answer to that question uh, the next question, do you seek out prophecy? So you do, do you go looking for prophecy? Uh, mine is no. Well, it's also yes. I do go seek out prophecy, but usually it's to show that that prophet is not a real prophet. Uh, and it might seem kind of, you know, weird that I would go and do that, try to go and prove a false prophet. But I think it's helpful to brothers and sisters in Christ that may believe in a certain prophet and then if their prophet gets proven wrong and I say hey your prophet has been proven wrong they lied or they made it up or they did not prophesy from God I think it should change the way you look at that prophet and if you know the prophet then speak to them and you know tell them that hey you're wrong uh, I don't think God's wrong I don't think you're a real prophet and you know it's it's a service to the body because you're weeding out a false prophet and maybe he didn't know he was a false prophet or she didn't know she was a false prophet, but you're shedding light on it so that you give them the opportunity to change from their ways. And you even give the brother or sister in Christ that believes in those to turn and say, okay, this person, they can still believe that prophecy is real. That's fine, I guess, but... If a prophet is wrong, you should not trust that prophet, you should not fear what they say, and you shouldn't believe what they prophesy. Even if the prophecy ends up to be true, you know, and that's all well and good, but one out of two is not a prophet of God. That's the way it worked in the Old Testament, and that's the way it worked in the New Testament. So let's stop giving every person who says they're a prophet this podium to speak on and say what they want to say and us just blindly believe them or even if your prophet gets one right and then you start believing them and i would encourage you to continue to listen to their prophecies and see if they have a hundred percent success rate uh, i think without a shadow of doubt uh, the bible tells you not to believe a prophet that gets something wrong because it's 
You know, it says it pretty clearly in a Bible in context, and I, I don't think that we should blindly believe people like that. We have, we have so many uh, verses and chapters and books dedicated to warning us about false prophets, and I think if God you know, had to reiterate stuff so many times about false prophets that maybe we should take it a little bit more serious than what some evangelical Christians are taking it. Uh, that That's my two cents on that subject. So we will move on to the next one. Uh, can the devil give someone a prophecy? I thought this was a very interesting question uh, because I did use that quote, uh, if you aren't a, a prophet of... God, then you're a prophet of the pit. Uh, so I would say, I think there's some credence to it. Uh, I mean, you don't have fortune tellers and people that believe certain things or certain idols or certain people can tell the future and they get stuff right on occasion with the devil not being able to give someone a prophecy. Now, the devil's not om omnipresent and omnipotent and all these omnis like God is. Uh, so he's not going to be 100% right. So you would assume that if the person didn't get it right, uh, either the prophecy comes from the devil, because he can get things wrong, because he's not God, or it came from the person's own mind, which is a sinful mind, which is under the sin nature, which is the devil's nature, not God's nature. It's the opposite of God. I would say, in a way, yes. Uh, I wouldn't say every false prophecy is given by the devil. But I would say that, in in a way, uh, every false prophecy is driven by sin or a sin nature. Uh, so, if I was a false prophet and I prophesied wrong or I assumed something that God would say... Uh, then I would I would definitely check myself to see if I'm in the faith, and then I would turn quickly away from prophesying anymore uh, because I got a prophecy wrong, and I wouldn't want to be in that boat of all the false prophets. And my my point on uh, the devil giving someone prophecy, I think there's enough uh, evidence in Scripture that the devil is powerful and can do. Uh, a lot of things that we see God doing, like uh, Moses uh, versus Janus and Jambres, I think are their names, the two magicians in Egypt that copied all the miracles that Moses did, uh, that the devil can slight and scheme, and he is obviously not a physical being, he's a spiritual being, so he can do things in the spiritual realm and can... Uh, trick us, and I think that false prophecies and even some true prophecies uh, can come from the devil. It's just he's not going to be 100% right because he does not run the universe. Uh, he does not know every single thing. The next question, does God need prophecy anymore? So this is switching the view from man, do we need prophecy anymore, to does God need it to speak to us, is the question. Uh, because obviously back in the Old Testament days, uh, they needed prophecies. They uh, needed miracles because they needed a something to confirm the messenger uh, who was either writing the scripture or telling them what to do, what God told them to do. Uh, 
I does God need prophecy to get his word to someone anymore? And I would argue, no, God does not need prophecy anymore. Uh, that's what we have the gospel for. Prophecy, for the most part, in the Old Testament was repent. Um, there was there was some foretelling uh, where they would tell the future, but the majority of prophecy was repent. Uh, and I don't think we need pr prophecy to know to repent because we have the Bible. And especially in today's culture, you know, even if you're a missionary... And you think, oh, well, I need prophecy to get to these people. Well, it's the word of God that saves, that change hearts, that turns a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, not your prophecy. Jesus performed a lot of miracles, and he fulfilled prophecy, and he made prophecy. And people still didn't believe in him, even when those things came true. Uh, the word of God is what saves. The gospel is what we are... Uh, called to preach, not to preach a revelation, a direct divine revelation. We are, in a way, because the Bible is a divine revelation about God and about ourselves, but we are called to preach that. We are called to preach the Bible, the gospel, the good news, not to say that we're a prophet and to tell people that they are going to be millionaires or say that you need to sow a seed i absolutely despise prophets that say you need to sow a seed so that god will grow it that the verse that they're using is not in context that is not what it means it doesn't mean you sow into my ministry and god will bless you for it uh, we should give freely it should be a a free gift offering uh, which is the or a free will offering, sorry, which is the only time in the Bible that free will is used, uh, is a free will offering, not that man has free will. But yet again, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's in a later episode. And the second, well, the last question on this subject, and then we'll see what time we're at and see if I can ramble for a little bit. Uh, do we need prophecy anymore? And of course, I would answer no. Uh, most of these questions I answer no to. Uh, I should have had some questions that I would answer yes to and see if other people would answer yes to. Maybe in the the next interview, uh, when I get a person to interview, uh, I can have some questions that I would answer yes to. But do we need prophecy anymore? And I would say no. Uh, we have everything we need. Yet again, I'll repeat it for life and godliness. And we have all the revelation we need about God while we're on this earth. Uh, that's that's why I, uh, whenever movies or books or you know things come out about someone going to heaven, uh, it doesn't really have to do with prophecy, but someone going to heaven and they describe heaven or describe God, and I don't see that description of God in the Bible. Uh, usually I question it, and I say, I don't really think this person went to heaven. I think they're making it up. And usually a couple years later, almost inevitably, it comes out that they made it up. Or they've done interviews early, and they tell a story, uh, and then a couple years later they forget what they told. So they tell the story, and it sounds similar, but there's some key things that are different. 
or that they added or that they subtracted and you you can usually uh, call people out on their going to heaven uh, because it's not as described in the Bible and we we don't need any more revelation of heaven because we have as much as God wants us to have in the Bible until we get there. So that is that is all the questions I had. Uh, it would be a a longer episode. I mean, we're only about 25 minutes in, so it would it would be a little bit longer uh, with an interview. But of course, we don't have the interview, so it's about 30 minutes. So I wanted to take the time to ramble a little bit, uh, get some thoughts out, uh, maybe give some previews of episodes to come. Uh, let me take a quick drink here. Sorry, my throat was getting pretty dry from talking. Uh, but uh, on the preview, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. So next episode, uh, I'm thinking about, well, I've had, I have a couple episodes written out. So I'm kind of picking and choosing which ones I want to do these first couple episodes on. And I think I'm going to do an episode on election. Uh, free will versus predestination, basically. Uh, and the elect of God, who are the elect, uh, is election biblical? You know, questions like that, I think, are a good topic to discuss with like-minded believers. Uh, I don't know how much a non-believer is going to get out of it, and it might be misconstrued uh, from a non-believer's point of view. Uh, I think us as believers, we can talk about these things because we obviously have, we should have some sort of knowledge of who God is and his nature. Uh, I think that the culture nowadays, uh, everyone thinks that God is love and that's all he is. Is God loves me, God loves you, uh, God, you know, love, 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 love. All the, you turn on Christian radio and that's, that's all you hear is just songs about how much God loves us. Oh, how he loves, uh, you know, it, it's a one-sided God. It's God with one attribute. But I think our study on election is going to show that God has more than one attribute and all of his attributes combined to make him. Now, I don't know all the attributes of God. We can only glean his attributes from his scripture, from what he gave us, our, our more sure word of prophecy, uh, as it says in, I believe, Second Peter. Uh, that's, that's how we know God. And I think election's going to... Uh, cause a lot of questions and get people to think about uh, what they've learned or what they've been told in scripture. I think there's a lot of uh, stuff that has gone on in Christian circles that preachers either get lazy or they really don't do a deep research of what they're talking about. Uh, a prime example of this, uh, just to ramble on a little bit more, is in Revelation. Uh, I believe, I think it's chapter, it's either chapter 3 or chapter 7, somewhere in there. It talks about uh, lukewarmness. It talks about, and that's where, that's where preachers get the lukewarm Christian. That's usually where you preach out of if you're preaching about the lukewarm Christian. 
God will spit him out of his mouth. Uh, I would challenge that that's not what that scripture talks about. Uh, and this is not a new idea. Uh, usually if you have, if you think you have some new idea about the Bible, you usually don't. It's usually already been discovered. It's already been hashed out. There's already been debates about it. Uh, you can usually find something. And even if it's not something that we believe necessarily now, uh, back, way back when, uh, when St. Augustine was arguing and Aquinas and Ansel and all these old Greek and uh, Roman guys were debating. They usually have debated all these things. But that lukewarm Christian, uh, it's talking. So the verse is, uh, I believe it's Laodicea is the church that it's being written to. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's Laodicea, but don't quote me on it. So Laodicea, if I'm getting it, the church correct that the, the chapter is talking to. Uh, because it talks to all the different churches, and it has all different attributes of all these different churches, and it talks to them, like the lampstand and things like that. This one is talking about, I believe, Laodicea, and it's talking about the water not being hot, and not being cold, but being lukewarm, and Jesus would spit out that water. And the assumption is that we either need to be a hot Christian, hot on fire for God, where in the word, we're going evangelizing, we're doing all these things, or we're a cold Christian, and not doing all these things, and kind of away from God, and, you know, we've kind of fallen off the horse, if you will, uh, and those two Christians, God's fine with. Now, wait, but the one who is kind of in the word, but sins quite a bit and turns away sometimes but always gets back in the word that person who's kind of sort of on the pommel horse is the one that God will spit out of his mouth now let's think about this logically before we actually go into what the the context says uh so God loves a on fire Christian okay I get that God won't spit that Christian out of his mouth because he he loves to see us worship him and to seek after him and to learn more about him and to, you know, worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, good. I agree. But then the cold Christian. Now think about it. Someone who's turned away from God, someone who's in sin, who's not in their Bible, who doesn't care about having a relationship with God, God also doesn't spit out. Well, why? It seems like that person not, might not even be a Christian at all. If that's the view we're going for, that person, you know, doesn't love God, we see, doesn't care about God's word, uh, but God won't spit them out. And then we get to the lukewarm one. Now, picture this with me, if you will. Someone who might just got saved, uh, is sinning quite a bit, they don't know everything about God, they're doing some study, uh, they haven't uh, caught the fire yet to where they just want to read God's word all the time. But they're kind of in this phase of figuring out what they're doing. And figuring out what things are good, what things are bad. Uh, do I need to be, you know, reading the word all the time? Do I need to go in the uh, pastoral ministry or something in the church? Or can I do my regular job? That person God's going to spit out. Well, that doesn't seem 
correct. It seems like I would like the the warm one or the hot one and the lukewarm one and despise the cold one. Logically, it doesn't make sense if you look at it. When the preacher's preaching, yes, your emotions are high. You're taking everything that the preacher's saying as gospel truth. Not really doing your own research, maybe. But logically, it doesn't make sense. Now, in context, I don't have the verses written down. It's something that I've studied before. So I feel confident on speaking on it. I'm not, I can't give the exact verses. You can look up the lukewarm Christian, and I'm sure you'll find the chapter in Revelation I'm talking about in the church, and you can read that whole chapter if you would like. Uh, but that church, whether it be Laodicea or Ecclesia, I, I forget which church it is, but where it was located was it was kind of away from these two other cities. Now, if you picture it, it's like a Y. Laodicea is where the three lines connect, and the other two places are up at the top of the Y. So one's on the left, one's on the right. Now, one city had warm water. Now, their water was warm. It was medicinal. Uh, it was hot springs, and people, you know, it was, it was a medicine type of thing. It was, the hot water is good to soak in. It's, it's good for this stuff. It had minerals. It was good. And what they would do is they would, with the aqueducts that the Romans had, they would bring the water down to Laodicea. And by the time it got there, it wasn't warm. It lost its medicinal purpose, and it just became lukewarm water. Okay? And then you got the other side of the Y that had another city, and their water was cold. It was spring water. It was good for drinking, uh, and it was refreshing. It was good. It's good. They're both good. And the same thing, they would ship that water down to Laodicea. And by the time it got there, yet again, it's lukewarm. So what we see here is not that this person's a lukewarm Christian, so to say, but instead they are farther away from the source. They aren't hot. They aren't at the source of the hot water. And they aren't at the source of the cold water. The source, obviously, referring to God. God's good. God's, you know, medicinal. It's good for your soul. And it's refreshing. It grows you. It, you know, helps you throughout the day. On a bad day, you drink some cold water. It's good. But the lukewarm, it's far away from those cities. It's far away from where God is. And it's lukewarm. They need to be closer to the source for the water to have the effect that it's supposed to have. Not that they're lukewarm because they're in the middle of being hot or cold. It's not you have to decide if you're going to be hot or cold. You should be both in this case. You should want the cold water. You should want the hot water. You need both. You want to be close to the source. Not, I am lukewarm and I'm neither hot or cold. That it, It's weird. It's not logical, number one, and it's not really taking the context of what the chapter is saying. It's talking about being farther away from the source. Uh, and that's what they were struggling with at that church. Now, some other things that I can ramble about. We have some upcoming episodes. I have one or two people lined up to interview. 
so hopefully the next one, I'm pretty sure I have someone that I'm going to interview on the subject. I already have them lined up. Uh, and I'll try to switch around the person who was supposed to be on this interview. I'll try to switch them around to maybe the third uh, topic that we're going to discuss. But a, a big thing that I've noticed uh, whenever talking to my brother and sisters in Christ about the subjects that I'm researching and that, you know, I'm digging into the Word, I'm watching uh, YouTube videos of sermons, and I'm listening to podcasts about these things, and I'm, I'm doing all the research I can. I'm getting both sides of the story. So on the prophecy one, I listen to a bunch of uh, more Pentecostal preachers and uh, read some Pentecostal blogs and looked at the verses in a way that a Pentecostal would look at them because I kind of know that because I was in it for a long time. And then I looked at the other side and people who aren't very Pentecostal, they're more reformed Christians is what you would call them or a reformed church. Uh, I guess more Baptist leaning, if you will. Uh, People who like to take context and like to do hermeneutics and uh, I've listened to professors talk about it. I've listened to podcasts about that. And I do all this research. And I I see which one makes sense more. Which one has all the context. Which one takes into account who it's written to. Why it was written. Uh, is it relevant to us today. Things like that. And I come up with my my topic from there. And I work through it and come up with my Bible verses, maybe use a couple that uh, people have used on their podcast or in their sermons uh, to help me along. Uh, and like I said, I do quotes. I like quotes. I think they're good. They aren't necessarily scripture. They aren't scripture. But a lot of them have scriptural truth in them. So I like to use them. And they also make you think uh, about what, what the topic is. But one of the main complaints I hear... One more drink, sorry. Oh, goodness. I went down the wrong pipe. <clears throat> one of the complaints or things I hear is don't put God in a box. Make sure you're not putting God in a box. Be careful. Don't put God in a box. That's one of the complaints. The other one is be careful of what you're researching both of those, I think, are valid. They're valid <coughs> warnings, valid complaints. So we'll take the be careful first, okay? Uh, you, you don't want to, you know, become a heretic. You don't want to be apostatized. Uh, you know, there's... If, you, if you're getting it wrong, you don't want to teach other people that. I get that. But the same thing applies to the person that believes the opposite. If you... I see it this way. I've done the research. I've looked things up. I, you know, I've, I've studied. I've done as much as I can, and this is the conclusion I came to. And usually the other person is just talking out of what they've heard or what they've been taught. And you have to be careful in both instances. When you're looking up stuff, you don't want to swing too far to where you're way outside of doctrine. And also... You don't want to just take what you believe or take what you heard as gospel truth. You're supposed to search the scriptures. You're supposed to 
see what the person who's saying it and see if what they're saying is true. Something I've been doing is uh, when I go to church, I will take a pad of paper with me and I will kind of write down the main points of the sermon and write down some points that I either disagree with or agree with. And then I'll go back and try to look at what was said and where I think they misspoke or maybe I had questions about what they spoke about. Uh, I do it on podcasts a lot where I say, okay, I don't know if this is what they meant. So, of course, with some of the podcasts I listen to are people that I know. So I can go and talk to them and say, hey, I, I don't know if this is what you meant. Is this what you meant or is this what you meant? And usually it's a third option. It's neither one of what I thought. And I can go, oh, okay, I see what you're saying now. All right. Uh, but you, you have to be careful in both cases. You can't just take what someone says as gospel truth. So don't take what I say as gospel truth. I encourage you to do your own research on what I talk about. I leave all the verses uh, in the description for you to look up. And if I miss one or two, I mean, while you're listening through the episode, you can, you know, you can listen once and hear what I'm saying and then listen again if you want to do your own research or just take the verses and try to exegete them yourselves and see what they say. See if you agree or disagree. I'm, I'm fine with both. Uh, I would argue one side, but I can see where you're coming from if you believe the other. But you have to be careful on both instances. And I think that you shouldn't speak uh, too rashly. If you don't know much about the subject, don't give your opinion and then hold to that opinion. Even when it may have been shaken or may have been proven wrong, don't hold to it and say, no, this is, this is what I know. Well, why do you know it? Have you done the study on it? No, I've heard it from here or there. This is something that I've come up with throughout my years of uh, being a Christian. Well, your ideas are formed from things you've heard, and they're always a factor. You always come in with pre-assumptions, or you come in with, uh, uh, I think it is pre-assumptions, is the word I was searching for, the second word, so I just repeated myself, but the prejudice, you always come in with, maybe, you always come in with uh, some sort of prejudice, something that you believe, and then you read it into the scripture, thinking that it says that. Uh, so I'd, I'd be careful either way. It's a valid, it's a valid thing to say, but make sure that you're also careful uh, of what you believe and why you believe it. Uh, and then the second was don't put God in a box. Now this one, it got me for a little bit when people said it, and I was like, oh man, I'm I'm doing something wrong. I shouldn't be saying that God doesn't speak through prophecy anymore. But, uh, number one, I think that the Bible has enough evidence to show that God doesn't need prophecy, and that isn't the way that he has always spoken, uh, that he speaks through his son now, and you don't necessarily read that into, well, it's prophecy, you don't necessarily read that in, that is biblical, you keep on searching, and you search how God speaks, and I think there's enough, uh, enough research and uh, enough proof in the Bible that God spoke through prophecy to inform people of his will when they didn't have the full revelation of scripture. Uh, 
but don't put God in a box. Uh, so I, I was worried about that for a little bit, but very quickly I, I came to the conclusion that God himself put himself in a box multiple times. So one of the ones is, well, God can do anything. Not necessarily true. God cannot lie. Well, why can't he lie? It's not in his nature. If he was to lie, he would stop being God. God cannot do it. It's a human thing. I think it's the episode that we went over. The first one, I'm not too sure because I've been writing a couple episodes and it has stuff in there like that. But regardless, God cannot lie. That's God putting himself in a box. Or rather, outside of a box. Uh, into another area. Also, the way God wants to be worshipped. Put himself in a box. Not whatever you think is worshiping God is necessarily worshiping God. God has commands of how to worship him. And not only in the Old Testament, but in the New. And that's him putting himself in a box. And putting us in an area to where we are to come into that box. Not to be outside of that box in another box. All these box talks. I know it's a, uh, it's Christian lingo. I do have some problems with some Christian lingo, but that's one that I really have a problem with when it's thrown around uh, so flippantly that because I say that God doesn't speak through prophecy, I am putting God in a box. Well, I would argue that God Himself put Himself in a box a couple times in the Scripture, and we don't just need to say don't put God in a box because it's not to me. It's not a valid argument and it's not a valid thing to say but uh, I don't know if I have much more to ramble on about uh, I'm kind of getting to the edge of my ramblings I mean I could go on for a long time talking about some random things about the Bible uh, I mean we went over the revelation and the La church of Laodicea the lukewarm Christian uh, and we went over some other stuff I don't I, I know we got about 14 minutes till it gets to an hour but I, I'll check my notes and see if I have anything. Uh, mm -hmm. Just some upcoming episodes. Ooh, or I could talk about that, maybe. Nah, that would take too long. I was going to talk about casting out demons. Uh, should Christians do it? I'll Maybe I'll make that into an episode. I think that could be pretty interesting. Uh, I've had some... Not experience with casting out demons, but I've had some experience with that question of should Christians cast out demons. And I think it would be very interesting. Uh, we have some other episodes that I have here on my phone that are kind of just outlines. And then I go on my computer. actually write down my stuff three times. So I write it on my phone. I write it on a note, notepad. And I write it on my computer. So it's really, it really comes into my brain. Uh, and I, I kind of have some quotes in here that I, I've, liked and looked to put into uh, other episodes but hopefully hopefully in these uh, later episodes we we tackle some tougher issues about Christianity and about the things that we believe I think it's important to know what you believe and important to be able to uh, do apologetics on what you believe not only to unsaved people but also to brothers and sisters in Christ I, I think that we should be able to talk about these things and 
either way, if we had differing opinions and at the end of a conversation we have different opinions, doesn't mean that we should think that someone is not saved or not following God because they have a different opinion than ours. Uh, if you look into the history of the Church of Christ, that's kind of how the Church of Christ got started. Uh, and there's also an example of it in the Bible of someone who is kicking uh, people out of his church if they didn't believe the same thing he did. I believe Paul talks about it in one of his letters. But we, we shouldn't think that if someone just has a different opinion uh, necessarily. Now, if it's going to be way outside of doctrine, like, uh, I believe Jesus was just a man, and he was just a prophet, and that he became a god when he died, kind of what... Uh, Mormons believe where there's everyone can be a god. Basically, if you're good and you follow God and you are basically in heaven, but you become your own god over your own world, uh, there, there's some stuff that we can draw the line and say, okay, this person is definitely not a follower of Christ. Uh, but when we're talking to other brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, when it's a, a issue outside of... Uh, salvation, a salvific issue, then we should be able to give some leeway and at the end of a conversation say, I love you, brother or sister. I disagree with you, but I love you. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that we could have a conversation. I've had conversations like that where I disagree, but you're my brother and sister in Christ, brother or sister in Christ, not both, <laughs> but you're one or the other. And I love you, and I'm glad I can have a conversation. I like to bounce my ideas off of people. I have a really good group around me of uh, Christians that love God and that I, I trust their opinions. And, you know, a lot of the times whenever I spring one of these episodes on them, kind of talking about what I'm going to talk about in the episode, that they give me good, solid feedback. They give me questions. Uh, they agree or disagree in a point, and... It makes me go and study that point a little bit more. Uh, so I really appreciate uh, the brothers and sisters in Christ around me, uh, especially my wife. I, I spout out a whole, basically a sermon to her every night about what I'm going to talk about uh, or things that I have opinions on. And she, she corrals me sometimes and she gets me sometimes with questions. I would love to have her on an episode. Uh, she, she can definitely... Uh, ask me questions. Uh, I'm doing an episode on worship here in the next couple weeks, and she's asked me a couple questions that thought made me think to myself, oh, wait, am I out of line and saying what I'm saying? And I have to reel back, do more study, and either drop what I was going to say because it doesn't align with Scripture or go more into it and explain why I say these things. So uh, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I will say things that people get confused and if you don't know me personally, you can't really ask me in person, but you can send them your questions or anything that you would like to say to either my Twitter at thefruitspod or to my email thefruitspod at yahoo.com. Uh, hopefully this time in the description I write it correctly. Uh, I think the first episode or two I wrote my email wrong. It's all thefruitspod or at thefruitspod. Uh, not the Fruits Podcast. So, thank you for listening. Uh, I, I think I was going to say something else, but like I said, I'm not scripted right now, so 
my thoughts go all over the place sometimes and I get too far into what I'm saying to not, uh, okay, I did it again. I get too far into what I'm saying to not realize what I was trying to make a point of. So, and I think that's what interviews will help me with, especially, uh, is help me kind of wrangle my thoughts in. I would, I love, I love asking people questions. I think the interviews would be, are going to be very insightful to people. Uh, to give different perspectives. I know a lot of people that uh, so far listen to this podcast are on the opposite view of me or in the middle view. Not a lot of people are on my view side, which is fine. Uh, but that's what I think the interview will do. It'll give people both sides and we can look at both sides and make our decisions from there and do our own research and decide from there. Uh, but... That's that's all I think. I just remembered what I was going to discuss at the end. And of course, I forgot it yet again. But uh, thank you for listening to the Fruits Podcast. I hope that you all enjoyed it. I'll pray. If I remember while I'm praying, I probably won't because I'm pretty focused when I'm trying to pray. Uh, I'll say it. But if not, uh, thank you for listening. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for giving me this platform to speak on and for the people that listen to it, I pray that they would be blessed and that they would uh, have open ears to hear and uh, minds to think about uh, the things that I've said and whether they agree or disagree, I pray that you would continue to hold them in your hands, Lord, and to uh, never let them go. I pray that we would all strive to follow in your footsteps, to fix the things in our lives that we see as sin, and to, as us lukewarm Christians, that we would continue to get uh, either hotter and hotter or colder and colder for you, to get closer to the source of you, God. Thank you for everything you've given us and for sending us your Son to die for our sins. I pray that anyone listening that doesn't know you uh, would take this opportunity to uh, ask for forgiveness and to make you Lord of their life. Lord, uh, I thank you for calling me uh, and letting me uh, do your will. Uh, I pray that I would walk in your footsteps and uh, that you would be the light on my path, Lord. I thank you for all of it. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay. I didn't think of what I was going to say before. So in the podcast here, maybe we'll get another Wednesday episode uh, for you guys. A shorter episode if I remember what I was going to say. But I love all you guys. And thank you for listening to the first podcast. This has been Tyler. I'll see you guys next week on Monday. Bye-bye.